This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Mason Rudolph is still a Pittsburgh Steeler, he's been re upped. It means nothing. He's third string, albeit at the most important position. But the reaction is over the top. I think he's a good third stringer. Rudolph knows the offense, and he's performed decently when called upon. Trubisky is a real good second stringer, as he's proved. So I think the Steelers got quarterback covered. Uh, This is Mark Madden. This is the Mark Madden Podcast. This is the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Bet now from anywhere. Let's welcome my co-host, Tom Offerman. Tom, would you cut Trubisky to save the cap and make Rudolph the number two? Because we're hearing that uh, in some circles. God, no. And I don't even think there should be a position battle for that number two spot in training camp. Like I've heard other circles kind of propose might be the case. Uh, Mason Rudolph seems to me like he came crawling back to the Steelers on his hands and knees. Oh, it doesn't seem like that. If he would have had an offer to compete for the number two spot anywhere else, he would have gone there. And I know the terms of his contract have not been revealed, but I would bet it's veteran minimum. Veteran minimum for just one year, I bet. Yeah, so no, there's no... It doesn't even enter my mind to cut Mitch Trubisky. You're going to need him as your number two. And I like how you said they've got quarterback covered. I was thinking they might have the best number two quarterback in the NFL. They might have the best number three quarterback in the NFL. Not so much for the number one quarterback, though. Well, yeah, he's rated, uh, <laughs> what, what was it, 28th, 28th by CBS, by CBS Sports. Sports. Yeah, yeah, not, behind all the rookies. Not not exactly a vote of confidence. Uh, but, but staying with Rudolph, on the other side of that coin, Why do a lot of Steeler fans hate Mason Rudolph? Because we're hearing that, too. I think it has to do with that Lions game when Ben got COVID and that pass he threw to the receiver that he did, Ray Ray McLeod, that he just bounced bounced it right in the dirt. Easy touchdown. You know, that's a pitch-and-catch play to win the game against the Lions. Didn't lose the game, but but tied just an abysmal team who at that point hadn't won a game at that point in the season. I think that was the breaking point for a lot of Steelers fans. They just said, this guy sucks. He bounced past to Ray Ray McLeod, and nothing he could do after that was going to change their mind. See, I think it even predates that. I I thought in that fight with Miles Garrett where Garrett uh, swung the helmet at him, I thought Rudolph looked weak in that instance. I thought he looked weak and scared when he got the face mask cut off after he got concussed against Baltimore. Uh, and, and he then, always kind of has a smirk on his face, it seems. Yeah. He looks like a dink. Kind of. Like, remember when he came in the year that Ben got hurt and was, like, winking at the Seattle Seahawks off our defensive lineman when he got under center? Because, you know, they were chirping him, too, like, welcome to the big leagues, Rook. So he kind of has a cockiness to him, but you kind of need that at that position. Yeah, maybe not if you're third string. You bring up that year, though, where the Garrett incident happened. I mean, the fans' overwhelming love for Duck Hodges, too, didn't help at all. Because Rudolph was so clearly the superior quarterback. And the reason why the Steelers 
most likely missed the playoffs that year was holding on to Duck for a little bit too much longer than they should yeah, have. Yeah, they played him longer they played than him they too should much have. Longer. Yeah, no question. They should have gone back to Rudolph, but that year it was all about Duck, whack, 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 and Mason Rudolph sucks. Isn't he dating like Tammy Wynette now or something like no that? <laughs> Some country uh, singer. Now, uh, yeah, I, I I think that that it's a good move bringing Rudolph back. I You yeah. know, if he has to play, you're maybe in trouble, but I think he's done okay when caught upon. And here's... The bottom line, Pickett had two concussions last year. You need three quarterbacks. I would bet Trubisky has to start two or three games this coming season, maybe more. 100%. I think Pickett will miss some time. So Rudolph's going to be dressing on game days this year. I think that's a guarantee. Um, Their offensive line is better, but it's still not to a level where you can go in and say, yeah, I trust them to protect this quarterback for a 17-game season where he's not going to get a blow to the head. And he's proven susceptible to that already. Has Rudolph got a fair chance with the Steelers? Because training camp last year in the so-called competition, that was a sham. Not that I think he's a starter. Not that I think he won the job at camp last year. But but they keep urinating down his leg and, and expecting him to believe that it's raining. Yeah, I used to believe that too. But it's kind of telling how he went to free agency for the first time and literally no one wanted him at all to even be their number two, to even come in and compete to be a number two. I mean... I thought he was going to be not a hot commodity for the quarterback room, but someone that teams that had younger quarterbacks, teams that needed clear upgrades at their number two spot, injury-prone starters on their roster, they would go and tab a guy like that, and no one wanted him. So maybe he just stinks. Especially in an era of weak quarterbacking, and because there aren't even yeah. 32 legitimate starters. So maybe the Steelers have been doing him a favor all along. I mean, they extended him past his rookie deal. I, I think like, they are now. Yeah. I, I'm a little bit surprised Coach T didn't go back to Josh Dobbs for the upteenth <laughs> time. Now, uh, I, I want to talk about Mitch Keller for a second, too, because he's been Cy Young-esque and predictably we're overreacting incredibly. Um Will Mitch Keller start the All-Star game? He is red hot to the top. He is red hot. And and people already talking about that. He he started uh, 77 games in the bigs, Tom. And he's had 23 quality starts. So are we overreacting when we say he should start the All-Star game? Uh, starting the All-Star game, I think maybe a little bit of an overreaction. But you bring up that stat about, what, 23 quality starts and 77 career starts or something like that? Right. A lot of those 23 have come more recently, and no, I no, think no. that shows I, that he's I'm, turned a corner. I'm encouraged by how he's pitching, but those who want to like you know give him a big pile of money, you know, right oh. now, extend him right now. A, I just don't think he's going to stay. The Brian Reynolds contract does not indicate they're going to keep everybody that they should to compete. I think it's always going to be difficult for the Pirates to retain pitchers, and. Again, you're, you're, you want to throw like, you know, what, $15 million per year or whatever the going rate would be for a guy with just, you know, 23 quality starts ever. Can't we just wait until the end of the 2023 season to talk about extensions for Mitch Keller? If he puts this well, kind of performance up. got him tied up, up for two more years. Right. So it's Why does it need to be brought up now? There's no desperation for it. He's had two incredible starts back-to-back. Uh, 
has picked up the only two wins in 13 games for the Pirates. Well, look at Brian Reynolds. He hasn't hit a home run since he signed a big contract. He's the only Pirate that's been playing well recently is Mitch Keller. But again, it's two starts. Like, if he has a 2.3 ADRA and striking out everybody in October of 2023, then let's go into the offseason and talk about this guy's definitely figured it out. Make sure you buy out as much arbitration. Make sure you buy out some extra service time uh, as much as you can. Starting the All-Star game, though, Clayton Kershaw's been playing really well this year. Ain't no way in hell if he keeps it up, they won't start him on the mound. Um, okay, I got the top three list. Uh, Tom, by the way, if you could call up a Steelers schedule, because we're going to um, – I forgot to bring mine in, and we're going to pick the Steelers results game by game, as every oh, good exciting. podcast and radio host does. But my top three this week is the top three guest stars on the TV show Friends. Uh, number three is Kathleen Turner as Chandler's cross-dressing gay father who had her own cabaret show in Vegas. It's raining, men. Uh, way ahead of the times, although if you watch Friends, incredible amount of homophobia, a lot of gay jokes on Friends. But, but you know, could you do it now? You know what? With the ratings they drew, you could do it now because that, that show was a juggernaut. Number two, Tom Selleck is Richard, Monica's older man, because let's be honest, Magnum P.I., Tom Selleck is the good-looking older man, the classic type. And number one, Brad Pitt played Will, the fat guy from high school who slimmed down but hated Rachel Green and revealed at a Thanksgiving dinner that Ross did too. And Ross and uh, Will, uh, this is even as Rachel is pregnant with Ross's baby, Ross and Will had started a rumor in high school that Rachel was a hermaphrodite, that she had both sets of sex organs. And... um, and uh, Ross banged her on the show, and Brad Pitt banged her in real life. So both, I don't know if revenge is the word you'd use when you have sex with Jennifer Aniston, but but that episode, Brad Pitt only was on for one episode. That might be my favorite episode all time of Friends. Uh, Tom, do you have any particular favorite guest star from Friends? You're not a Friends guy, are do you? Do not like Friends. It's that one show that everybody has where like it's universally loved, but you just don't get it. It's not for you. Okay, here's the thing. But I've seen it because it's impossible not to. I don't particularly like it, Okay, but it's on late at night. And, and they moved the reruns of that 70s show earlier. Nah. That 70s show used to be midnight till 2. Now it's... Friends is what puts you to sleep now. 9 till 11, exactly right. But you look at the guest stars, the ones I mentioned. Oh yeah, I know the cameos are insane. Sean Penn, Michael Rappaport, Alec Baldwin... Uh, Paul Rudd, before he was an A-lister. Elliot Gould as Ross and Monica's dad. Rudd had kind of an extended run on Friends, too, right? Like, they brought him in as one of the love interests for one of the Yeah, he married Phoebe. Okay, well, there you go. Was it Ben Stiller in it, too? I I seem to remember an episode where Stiller was like a two-faced character, like really nice around a certain person, and then he would just flip and be crazy around Ross. He was, was, no, he was going to be... Chandler's roommate, maybe? Okay. Like, after Joey moved out for a while? I, I don't know. But, yeah, he he kind of, or maybe it was with Ross, but he flipped back and forth. I mean, Bruce Willis, Ugh. Reese Witherspoon, Julia Roberts, Giovanni Ribisi before he became a star, Deborah Jo Rupp uh, before Kitty Foreman. That 70s show fame, that's right. Now, the best recurring character was Janice, Chandler's uh, girlfriend who eventually slept with Ross, too. She had the real nasal voice. I know who you're oh talking about. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. See, it's just it's such a popular show in pop culture that even for somebody who I don't think I could tell you the last time I've sat down and watched a Friends episode, I know pretty much all the references you're making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chandler saying with uh, with incredulity, "Wait a minute, you were the hermaphrodite cheerleader from Long Island?" Uh, I got the Steelers schedule. Are you excited? 
I am, but we'll get that in a second. Okay, okay. Case, we're going to stay with the Steelers, though. <laughs> what did we learn from Steelers rookie camp? They got all the rookies <laughs> together, and a, a big deal was made, but it's just so introductory. Yeah, I mean, I guess that all of them showed up and were able to follow a schedule, at least initially. I mean, seriously, I don't even know. I, I know that there were some clips being posted from media covering it online, and Broderick Jones is, like, shuffling with Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach, and everybody's like, mm, that's a good shuffle right there, the way he keeps his feet extended. Like, what the hell are you right. talking about? Do you think we should call uh, Broderick Jones MF for Jones after Horrible Bosses, Jamie Foxx's yes, character? I love that. He should be MF for Jones. <laughs> that's that's definitely what, what he should be. Um yeah, I, I don't think we learn much from Steeler Camp. I always like, too, when a big deal's made when one of the rookies signs a contract because they're all going to sign a contract. None yeah. of them will hold out. They have no choice. Yeah, exactly. Like none of These are, aren't any Eli Mannings in this bunch right now that are going to start leveraging what they have uh, against the team. Like uh, Maybe you're doing some minutia right now with your agent in between the team to maybe squeeze a little extra signing bonus out of them. But, yeah, they're all going to sign. But you're right. It's like a celebration. It's like, oh, they got Darnell Washington. Yeah. Now, uh, okay. before we do the Steelers schedule game by game, Tom, give me these very early predictions for the Steelers season. How many touchdown passes will Kenny Pickett throw? Twenty one. I'm going to say five. Maybe. Will Deontay have more drops or touchdown catches? Touchdown catches. Are you sure? I think he'll go six touchdown catches, five drops. Now, you know he had zero touchdown <laughs> catches last year. I'm not even sure how many drops he had, but I know it was more than zero. I'm betting on the bounce back. I have to. you got to be better than zero. I think it'll be like six. You know what I'm betting on? Clang, clang, clang. Do I need a welding torch to play in this league? Um, last year, the Steelers led the league in interceptions. Will they do it again this year with, with better cornerbacks? They do have better cornerbacks, but no, they will not lead the league in interceptions. That has such an element of randomness no to question. it. No and question. No question. Two of those interceptions were T.J. Watt just grabbing Joe Burrow's passes out of the line of scrimmage, from the line of scrimmage. So there's some luck involved there. They'll definitely fall back towards the mean, but they should thrive on turning the ball over defensively. It should still be their bread and butter, just not league leading. Will the Steelers' defense crack the top 10? Yes, if it stays healthy. I'm talking about points and yards, both? Points and yards, if it stays healthy this year. Yeah, here, here's the weapon they have in that regard as well. When I looked at their schedule, uh, and I should have noticed this because uh, I, I make fun of the schedule reveal because we knew who they were playing and where. <laughs> and we go nuts when the actual schedule comes out. All they've added is the dates. But um, I, uh, I've i noticed they're not playing a ton of the great quarterbacks except for the ones in their division. And I think... Their outdated philosophy of playing elite defense and and uh, you know possessing the ball that works against bad teams, and no I question. think they play enough bad teams where they're going to think what they what they're trying is working, but it won't work enough. Yeah, like outside of Lamar, Deshaun, and Joe Burrow, I think their best quarterback on the the schedule is Trevor Lawrence, and they get him at home uh, against the Jags. So. I mean, Stafford's a bum now. Uh, Houston, who knows what Stroud's going to be. Jimmy G in, in, in uh, Vegas. Who knows who the Niners are going to start. It's kind of bummy. Like, it's not even like, oh, they play mid-quarterbacks. There's just a lot of bums on that Well, Well, that, that's something I'm going to talk about on my show, Tom. That San Francisco game, you know what we've all ignored? And, and it's funny because this is a matchup that scares us, uh, which is why we don't talk about it now. We're talking about everything that's going to happen 
in the, in the season, but we won't talk about Bosa against the Steelers left tackle week one. <laughs> Do you put Dan Moore on the kind of the 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 sac- as the sacrificial lamb out there and just have him get his butt beat by Bosa, and then the next week you break in? Who do they play next week? Oh, Miles Garrett to break in the rookie too. Like if you play that game, you're you gonna just go, go you down. You gotta the play MF or Jones. Against you have the to. Week three Raiders, Max Crosby. He was a defensive player of the year candidate last year. Should we wow. bench him against him too? So I you've mean, studied the schedule clearly more than me. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like I gotta go with MF or Jones. Trial 100%. by fire. It's the NFL. He's gonna face elite competition eventually. Might as well make it sooner. Yeah, but Bosa, man, he's overwhelming. He is. Do you put any stock into going up against T.J. Watt in training camp, though? I mean, that's a pretty good, you know, I don't want to say that that's exactly like a, a dry run because he's not going to be going full speed all the time, but it's it's a good person to have to match up a, in your training camp. Like, if you were on the Texans or something like that, you're going up against some bum, and then you got to go up against Bosa. J.J. Watt talked like he wanted to play for the Steelers. He was on Twitter trying to finagle an invitation just to visit. Just to visit, you know, kissing Mike Tomlin's backside on Twitter, too. And now he said on a podcast he doesn't want to play. Definitely some mixed signals there because when he did that schmooze with Tomlin, it, it sounded to me like, well, you know, the Watts do clamor for attention. Maybe that's all it is. A hundred percent. That's what I think it is. He keeps his ear low to the social media ground. He definitely knows what he stirred up, heard the reaction for a couple of days, you know, let it kind of mix a little bit, marinate. And then he comes out like, come on, guys, that's ridiculous. I'm staying retired. I'm never playing for the Steelers. It's like, well, you were the only reason why we thought that you might play for the Steelers in the first place. So I guess thanks for starting the rumor mill just to shut it down a week later. Did you see Jared Bailey from USA Today predicted the Steelers would go 12-5 and and win the division title? How could you predict that? To get people like us to talk about it like he's an idiot? I think he's gone past idiot. It has just... to be that. Like, it has to just be the controversial thing to be like, oh, let's do this. And people will go, wow, what a crazy prediction that Jared Bailey had from USA Today. Well, it worked if that was the case. Okay, let's do the schedule game by game. Uh, do you want to do preseason too? <laughs> that would be just nonsensical enough that we should, but no. Uh, okay, you, you go first, week one. All right, 49ers at Steelers. I'm going win for the Steelers here because you get the Niners early in the season and it's probably going to be like, what, Sam Darnold? Win. Okay, nice. Browns at home, I got a win too, so that's 2-0. and oh. Win. All right, Raiders, I'm going to go with a loss there for me. I don't think they'll beat the Raiders on the road. Where's that at? It's on the road. It's in Vegas. It'll be like a Pittsburgh home game. Win. Okay, uh, Houston on the road, they'll bounce back and win there. Win. Okay, Ravens at Steelers, I'll take an L there. I get the Ravens come to Pittsburgh and win. Win. Steelers at Rams, I'll go Steelers here going to the West Coast and winning. That's on the West Coast? Yeah, Rams. Win. Okay, Jags at home. It's a bogey team, but I think the Steelers will win. Well, Trevor Lawrence, like you said, he's the best quarterback they face outside the division probably, but I'm going to go win. Okay, very good. Titans at Steelers. They'll drop a game at some point in that home stretch, so I'll go Titans win this one. Titans at Steelers? Titans at Steelers, yeah. You're picking the Titans to win yeah, that game? Yeah, because the Steelers always drop a game they shouldn't, right? Win. Okay, I'm crazy. Packers at Steelers. Steelers will bounce back and get the win. You know, if Rodgers were there, I'd predict a win. Okay. Because I don't like Rodgers. But they got Jordan Love from up above, so I'm going to say win. Steelers at Browns. The Browns will beat the Steelers at home. No, I figure Watson will be suspended again by then. Win. Okay, Steelers at Bengals. What week is this? This is, oh God, the weeks aren't numbered there. This is probably, this is right around uh, Thanksgiving, so like week 13. Okay. Steelers at Bengals. I'll go Bengals here. Steelers will drop two in a row. Where's that at? It's in Cincinnati. 
Win. All right, week 12, Cardinals at Steelers. Steelers will beat the Cardinals. You just said it was week 13. I know, I was wrong, and then I went back and counted. Okay, uh, Cardinals. Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. Kyler Murray. Murray coming to town. Larry Fitz quit, right? He did quit a couple years ago. Win. Week 13, Patriots at Steelers. Steelers will beat the Patriots at home. Bill Belichick scares you, though, doesn't he? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Who's their quarterback? Mac Jones. What about the guy that Bailey... Bailey Zappi. Yeah, could it be him? It could be, I guess, if Mac Jones is sucking. Okay, if Mac Jones plays, I'm going to say the Steelers win. If Bailey Zappi plays, I'm going to say the Steelers win. Very good. Week 14, Steelers at Colts. I got the Colts winning this game at home. Steelers will drop a game they should win. Nah, Steelers win. Steelers host the Bengals. I got the Bengals coming into Pittsburgh and sweeping the Steelers on the season. Hater. Win. Steelers at Seahawks in the penultimate week of the season. I got the Seahawks beating the Steelers because West Coast doesn't go well with the Steelers. Geno Smith, too. Geno Smith, yeah. Steelers win. Steelers win? Really? Yep. yep. All right, finally, Steelers at Ravens. That could be for all the marbles. I got the Ravens beating the Steelers. Well, I do realize that Lamar Jackson used to be the MVP. I, I was reminded of that because I was watching the Greeny show today. And, and Ryan Clark. Did they bring that up? Ryan Clark just started screaming. Like he he rated the Ravens the second best team in the AFC behind the Chiefs. He goes, he goes, You're talking about a former MVP here. But I'm going to pick the Steelers to win. Okay, wow. So I think that puts me around something like 11 and 6, and you have them at 17 and 0. Does that sound right? No, I meant, did I say that? I meant to say 9 and 8. Anyway, that's picking the, uh, the the schedule game by game. Let's go to five guys. What do we got? All right, today's five guys are five directors that nobody really wanted to work for, but they kind of had to. Very difficult directors, but when you hear these five guys, I mean, you don't get better than these I have five a terribly directors. tasteless joke I'll tell you about off the air. All right, number five, Ridley Scott. Kind of a weak admission as far as the rest of the guys on this list are concerned. He just really liked to get physical with a lot of actors. Like on Blade Runner, he got into it with Harrison Ford physically. He got what do you into mean it. got into it? They fought? Yeah, they fought. They came to blows with each other. Did they get thrown off the boarding show? No comment. And then Russell Crowe in Gladiator as well came to blows. But I think that goes really? both ways. Russell Crowe's kind of a dink as yeah, well. Yeah, I met Russell Crowe. Jerk, right? He was, he, well, very briefly, he was, he was in the Penguins locker room. He was in town shooting a movie, and he was, like, talking to Sid, and I had to find something out from Sid, so I went over and I said, hey, Sid, real quick. And, like, and Sid, and you could tell he was just incredibly annoyed. All right, number four, Francis Ford Coppola. I mean, the man almost killed Martin Sheen on the set of Apocalypse Now. Got him so drunk and then locked him in a hotel room for two straight days to let his psyche kind of, like, dwindle. He almost killed himself three times on the Did set the of Apocalypse Did the guy get killed now. on the set of Apocalypse Now? I don't know if that's actually confirmed or not. But no, no, no. Somebody got his head chopped off by helicopter. Was that on Apocalypse Now? Look look it up. Actor, actor helicopter. Look that up. Actor decapitated by helicopter. But uh, as far as Apocalypse Now is concerned, you know the movie Tropic Thunder, obviously, yes. and how insane, and Damien Cockburn wanted to take them out there and film it guerrilla style. Was that, was that, that's was basically that, what Apocalypse Now was. Was that based on Coppola? Uh, probably, because that's exactly what it was. Poltergeist was when the helicopter no, that's chopped not, off his no, head. No, no, you're, 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 I, I forgot my phone, so I'm letting the show down, but it was a relatively famous actor because head chopped off by helicopter. Okay, who's your next director? James Cameron, number three. Yeah, nobody likes him. James Cameron is hated. Uh, Ed why? Harris. Well, I'll tell you why. Ed Harris in the movie The Abyss, he said that a lot of those scenes were filmed in like pools and underwater. 
So Cameron would tell them just pee and defecate in your wetsuits if you have to go to the bathroom because we're doing these takes straight through without any breaks. He's famous for not letting actors off of sets to take bathroom breaks. Like on True Lies, he threatened that he would dismiss any actor or actress who would leave to take a bathroom break in the middle of his filming. On the movie Avatar... Boy, I would be so fired. Oh my God. All the time. The movie Avatar, it was said that he would carry around a nail gun and any time an actor or actress's phone would go off, he would take the phone and nail it to a wall. Just shatter the phone and say enough. So... He was a psychopath to work for. Yeah, but but I got to say, Vincent Chase worked with him on Aquaman. and He seemed great, right? They didn't seem to have a problem. <laughs> seemed like an absolute delight. But as we keep going through this list, it's just amazing. Like, yeah, all these guys are jerks, but maybe there's a method to the madness a little bit. Okay, who's number two? Number two, Stanley Kubrick. And this is mainly just for what he did to Shelley Duvall on the set of The Shining. He made that woman's life a living hell to the point where in real life she started losing hair because of the stress and the torture that Kubrick would put on her. You know the scene where she swings the baseball bat at Jack as he's coming up the stairs and she's like backing up the stairs? He made her do that 122 times in a row until he got the take that he wanted. And he's just known for meticulously doing that, like doing the weirdest scenes like but, a thousand times. But once times. again, great movie in... Great director. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he almost fought Kirk Douglas on Spartacus, and I read this. Bit about, of lost. I almost read this on a Full Metal Jacket. Adam Baldwin came up to him and was like, "Hey, uh, for this scene, like, what do you want from me? Like, what's your take on what I should be doing?" And he just looked at him and said, "I want you to be acting a lot better, Adam," and just walked away. I heard, I heard that fight with Kirk Douglas. It wasn't really a fight. Somebody just punched a door, and then uh, they, you know, one guy said either it's him right. or oh wait, I have that confused with with anyway. Go ahead, Alfred Hitchcock, number one. No, I've never heard that. This really? is the one that surprises me. Really? Yeah. He once famously said that all actors and actresses should be treated like cattle. So that shows you the mindset that he had on sets. Uh, a lot of his stuff, though, was a creepy stuff, like sexual advancements towards women actresses. Oh, well, that's, that's horrible. Tippi Hedren has come out and said, like, when she was on the cast of The Birds, like, he was just a total creep around a lot of people, made a lot of people uncomfortable on set. And he was just a See, bad... I'm not sure that... I'm not sure that you know, comes under the heading difficult to work for as much as being, you know, just a terrible person. Well, let me ask you this. Does this fall under the heading of difficult to work for? A crew member on one of his movies made a bet with him that he could stay chained up to a post in the parking lot of where they were filming a movie for the entire night. So Hitchcock made the bet with him and said, you know what, I'll even do this for you. Give you a bottle of brandy. That'll make the boredom go away a little bit while you're out there for 24 hours. He loaded the bottle of brandy full of laxatives and then gave it to the guy poisoned him, and he sat out there chained for 24 hours with just the worst poisonous stomach you could imagine. This may be the worst ever episode of Five Guys. This is like just... Depressing what, you? What terrible people. Um, did you find the guy who got his head knocked off by the helicopter? No, it's Poltergeist came up on the one search it's that I had. It's not Poltergeist. It's a war movie. Have war the, movie... The uh, Indiana Jones movie comes up when it comes to the helicopter. Have war movie, re-heading. helicopter, head knocked off. Beheaded. We'll have to answer it's next Twilight week. Twilight Zone. Is, I mean, there's yeah, nothing. Yeah, Twilight Zone. It that's Twilight it. Zone. Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah. Okay, who, there you who, go. Who was the actor? It was Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow. That's right. So they were filming an episode of The Twilight Zone, or a movie, The Twilight Zone, and a real helicopter crashed, caused his head to be decapitated. Now, I'm, you know, I, I don't know if that was directed per se, but that's that just that's just not good cinema. Two child actors were killed as well in the helicopter Oh, crash. my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is a very depressing episode. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, okay, uh, real quick Penguin Talk, the GM. We don't know who it's going to be yet. I'm hearing they like John Shaka. Only 33, was the Arizona GM at 26, 
full-blown analytics geek. He fits the profile. He made the playoffs once in four seasons at Arizona, and that sounds terrible until you realize that's the only time they've made it in 11 seasons. Yeah, that actually seems like a, a positive for his resume now, that he got the Coyotes to the playoffs in uh, one of his four seasons. Maybe they should build him a statue in Arizona for doing that. Well, no, because he he cheated. He uh, had a private prospects camp, which you're not allowed to. That cost them a first-round and a second-round pick. And uh, he quit three months before his deal was up and was suspended for a year by the NHL because he was trying to find employment while under contract to Arizona. Better employment. I kind of like this guy better and better. I mean, he's going to come in here and he's going to start, you know, bending the rules a little bit for the Penguins. Uh, the New York Rangers want Mike Sullivan to coach. Should the Penguins trade Mike Sullivan to the New York Rangers? If they get a, a good return, yeah. I, I think that's enough. Because Sullivan's going to get fired within two years. Probably. It's amazing that Whether his... he deserves it or not, just right. for a change. Yeah, and really, he has lasted a lot longer than a lot of NHL eight coaches years, do. Eight years. Uh, he has the second longest tenure yeah. behind uh, Cooper in Tampa Bay. Yeah, shelf life not long for NHL coaches, so he's a rarity for sure. Yeah, if the Rangers want him that badly, you proposed on your show earlier this week, you know, you get one of the members of the kid line, the energy line for Or for Keandre Rangers. Miller. Someone like the that. The defenseman. Maybe a second-round pick, too. Right. Or, or if you get Keedle, because he's expensive, they pick up half his cap or whatever the, 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 the limit is. And if I'm the GM, too, I think a caller brought this up. I, I try to attach a Granlin or a Petrie as well. Like, take some of the salary off of our hands, too, if you want Sullivan this badly. That might cost you a player in the return, though, from the Rangers. I think you could do that if you didn't take, like, the, the, the you know, if they didn't pick up Keedle's cap hit or if they uh, didn't give you a second-round pick. I would do that. I would, I would sacrifice the second-round pick if it could get you out from under one of those guys. I've heard people think that they can trade Granlund or one of those older guys to a Chicago or a uh, Anaheim. Because they both got, you know, uh, one got Bedard, one's getting uh, Fantilli. Right. And you can't just have a totally crappy team around them. You have to add a few better players, even if it's temporary. Like when the Penguins got Sid, all of a sudden they went out and got Gonchar and uh, Ziggy Palfi, guys like that. Yeah. Do you think that they'll go for players like that, though? Like, do you think they'll bite on those kind of players? I would investigate. Just because they're NHL track record guys. Probably not. Right. But, I mean... Petrie more than Granlin, right? You could probably sell them on that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, Steve, I just... Think I don't know how Granlin was sold to Hextall. I, that still puzzles me. Like, Petrie, I guess you can kind of make sense of, but the Granlin one is absurd. Okay, we got good cop, bad cop. What All do you right, got? Today's good cop, bad cop is fast food restaurants. And I didn't do like the sketchy thing where people debate like is Five Guys fast food or not. These are like just your oh, run of the mill. By the way, John Shaker owns 12 Wendy's. <laughs> Wendy's didn't make it which, as either good which, or bad which, cop. Which makes sense because the Penguins are done with filet mignon. It's time for hamburger. Good cop is McDonald's, just the classic. I, I'm a sucker for McDonald's. I have been since I was a kid. I still love going and getting a Big Mac every once in a while. Still love the two cheeseburger meal. They just get two single cheeseburgers. The fries are incredible. You know, for big fat, so I eat so little fast food. It's incredible. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's but I, but I, I do, I do like McDonald's. I think the Big Mac is just iconic. It's iconic. I yeah. think the fillet of fish is iconic. Yes. And the fries used to be the best. I think Wendy's fries are probably better now. But in or McDonald's where they kind of lost me a little bit for one thing when the when the one in Market Square downtown closed. Uh, yeah, RIP. Okay. I drove downtown the other weekend and saw it dead. It sucked. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know I, I could barely see it for all the crime being committed in you know in close proximity. But yeah, it was the building was there. I think it was being looted. Uh, I, I could see some some street gang taking away the milkshake machine. Um, that never works. But uh, but I also thought they went awry when they expanded their menu too much. Yeah. Like, 
Didn't they try to go into like salads and stuff like that? I want that, that simple like, menu. Yeah, exactly. Give me like three burger options, the fish, and maybe a couple chicken options too. One of them being nuggets. The McNuggets, yeah. Yeah. What's the uh, bad cop? Bad cop is Arby's. I've never been a big oh, Arby's fan. Oh, I should slap you. You like Arby's? Arby's tremendous. I don't like Arby's that much. It just they have the meats. With me. <laughs> they do have the meats. Different good cop, bad cop, best commercials for fast food places. Arby's is good. Is that cop James Earl Jones? Yeah, I think it was James Earl Jones for a little bit. You know, why wouldn't you just get somebody who imitates James Earl Jones? To do the Arby's. Yeah, to, to pay him a lot less. Although, you know who does McDonald's? Bra- um, Logan Roy. That's right. Brian, Brian Cox. Cox. That's right. That he is tremendous. Yeah, I never was an Arby's fan, though. Just, just I, I like, I like the horsey sauce. I think that's tremendous. Okay. I do love the curly fries, though. The you know what else is underestimated on the Arby's menu? The Reuben, believe it or not. See, just maybe I should give Arby's another shot. It's been a while since I've given it a fair shake. Well, to be fair, I'm not sure how high up. Like, here's the thing: I don't eat fast food because I like it too much, and I, I uh, like it's addicting. I yeah. like Wendy's, I like McDonald's, I like Burger King. I like Arby's. People, I mean, people what? listening to this are going to be mad that we didn't mention Chick Fil A because people love Chick Fil A. I do too, but I think it gets a little bit overrated. I'm, I'm not a, not I, a big Chick Fil A. I guy. prefer Popeyes chicken to Chick Fil A. The Popeyes chicken sandwich is way better than the Chick Fil A. In fact, sandwich. I would rate the Chick Fil A sandwich third behind Popeyes and Kentucky Fried Chicken's chicken sandwich. Never had KFC's chicken sandwich. It's, it's KFC's excellent. an underrated place, but Popeyes though. runs away with it. Runs away with the chicken sandwich sweepstakes. Would you throw like a Boston Market in there as fast food? They've all closed. Even the one in Green Tree closed now. I Um, I would throw it in there as fast food. You know who I might put at the top of the list, and there's only one in Pittsburgh? And luckily it's not far from me. Hardee's. Where's the Hardee's in Pittsburgh? Millville. Right in Millville, that's right. Like at the end of a street or something like that. No, 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 no. It's a standalone, but it's like a big intersection. Okay, okay. Big intersection. Never been there. Never tried it. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's called Carl's Jr. out west. Just burgers, stuff like that, run-of-the-mill stuff. You know what's really overrated, I've come to realize after... Going there in Vegas several times is In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out is overrated. I went on my honeymoon in the West Coast a couple years ago and got one in Sacramento. It was not as good as I thought it would. I you, got, got, you got In-N-Out Burger on your honeymoon. Yeah, I did. And it wasn't as good as it. They said to get animal style, I think, yeah. is the way they do it. Didn't like it. Not a fan. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't upset, but I just thought I was going in there and was going to walk away being like, my life has changed forever. At the bottom of the hill uh, from the studio where, where we produce this great work... Um, they're supposed to be a Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, and it's not open yet. They Never opened, had that, but they I've opened heard the great. steakhouse. They opened the Primanis. They didn't open Raising Cane's. It's the best chicken fingers in the world. Their sauce it must be mixed with some kind of opiate because it's unbelievable. Just fingers there? Or do they do sandwiches as well? I think they do sandwiches too. But I got to be honest, I've never got past the like. Here's how good it is. You went to uh, you went to In and Out on your honeymoon. Yeah. Like, Vegas is my favorite place to eat in the world, and I almost always stop at Cane's. Okay, very nice. Yeah, I got to try this place when it opens up. I wonder what's taking it so long. It's fast food. You'd think they'd build it fast, too. That's Tom Offerman. I'm Mark Madden. Bet now from anywhere. You're listening to the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.